Welcome to Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. As always, I am your host, Steve Coates, and this week I am talking about Shark Attack from 1999, directed by Bob Mizorowski. I have no idea if I pronounced that name right, but it's as close as I'm going to fucking get. And I'm going to have trouble pronouncing a lot of the shit in this movie, so just bear with me and uh, just go with my pronunciations. We'll just go with it, okay? <laughs> Uh, so this is the second time I'm going to be talking about this movie because the first time the recording got all fucked up, so yeah, I'm going to talk about this movie again because why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, no further ado, let's dive into this thing. This movie is starring Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers and Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Uh, there's also an actress in here who is in Shark Attack 3. I cannot remember her actual name for the life of me. But she's actually playing a different character in this movie. So she does star in a sequel, but playing a different character later on. We'll get to Shark Attack 3 someday, don't worry. For now, let's talk about this one. So we open up and we're in Port Amanzi, Africa, as we see on the title card. We see a diver come up around a warning buoy. Swims to a nearby boat called the Durban Star. He looks down at some device. I had no idea what this was at the time, but later on we're going to learn that it's called the Thumper. Again, later we'll get on into more of what it is. He logs onto a computer, and he's logging on to some place called the Amonzi Marine Research Center. We see him switch watches, which is slightly important later. He hears a noise, and two people attack him on his boat. And then we cut to, we see this boat... And it's entering what looks like a tribal area. It almost looks like when they're going to see Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. It just it kind of reminded me of that. The boat says Law and Order on the side of it. So this is obviously like some sort of police boat. They stop. They cut this guy's arm so he's bleeding. They throw him into the water and shine a light onto him. He swims around, swims around, swims away from the boat. The cops on the boat are just egging him on like, Oh, you're not going to be able to swim fast enough. Ha ha ha. And then we see some stock footage of a shark. This guy is pulled under and he's dead. A lot of this movie, we mostly just see stock footage shark attacks. They did utilize a practical shark for some shots, but not a lot of it. But we'll get more into that as we get going here. Now we're at a research facility in Florida called uh, Biscayne Marine Search Institute, I believe. And we see Casper Van Dien, a.k.a. Stephen McRae, listening to his voicemails. Something about someone grading his papers. And then we hear another voicemail who uh, I'm assuming is the guy we saw just get killed. And his name is Mark DeSantis. He says he needs help with some problem. He checks his email and it's about shark attacks, but the email is corrupted or files are missing. He tries calling him, but the number is out of service. Like, how did this guy's number go out of service so fast? Like, he was just killed. Now, all of a sudden, they've already canceled his service? What the fuck, man? He looks up online shark attacks in Africa, and then we cut to him on a climbing wall with another guy named Jim, and Stephen is talking about going to Africa. Uh, Jim says he's already committed to going to Freeport for the summer, blah, blah, blah. And then Stephen shows Jim some pictures of sharks and shark attack victims, and these pictures actually looked like they may have been actual shark attack victims. I'm just guessing that this film didn't have the budget to like shoot that thing themselves, so... Yeah, it was, it was some of the pictures, like, they're very quick, but they're kind of gnarly looking, so that was kind of cool. 
So Stephen says that there have been 12 attacks in the last three months, which is more than Australia has had in the last five years. And like, if you find something somewhere more deadly than Australia, like you should look into that if this is like kind of your job or on the other spectrum, like get as far away from it as possible. That's what I would do. But I mean, I feel like this guy would be like, yeah, we should probably fucking look into this because this is like huge, right? Like, come on. Steven convinces Jim to let him go, and Jim says, like, he'll find the money somehow, and, you know, if he gets this thing going, then they'll get published in magazines or something. Like, this is just how Steven's trying to sell it to this guy. Now we're at the marine place in Africa, uh, the research center. A doctor cuts open a shark. He opens the stomach, and he finds Mark DeSantis' arm. He asks one of his helpers to call the police. And then now we get some majestic shots and joyful music while Steve is being driven in by a boat to a small marina. We hear Ernie Hudson, whose name is Lawrence Rhodes in this movie, telling some fisherman to get his personal stuff off a boat, blah blah blah. He's dressed to the nines in like a classy business suit and sunglasses, so I can already tell he's going to be like our bad guy or just in general an asshole. He sees Steven and introduces himself. He owns the hotel and uh, he says he's been expecting Steven. Why is it always, like, a rich business dude in these movies from, like, the 90s and 2000s? We had the same sort of thing with, like, Shark Zone and Red Water. Although, it does feel like a very 90s thing. Like, just, ugh, fucking businessmen. Hate them. Lauren says Dr. Miles could really use the help. He's the doctor we saw cutting up the shark in the last scene. And, and who, looking at him, like, so far in this movie, also seems like he's gonna be an asshole. <laughs> Steven asks why no one is fishing in the village. Lawrence says it's because of the sharks. There's been attacks and it's been like driving this. It's been hard on the town and they've had to foreclose on several properties. And as Lawrence gives out this info, he's smoking a cigar, like just further proving the point that he's being an asshole or a bad guy. It's it's like when you see a bad guy eating an apple in a movie, you know, it's, it's kind of a common thing. It's like, oh yeah, there's an asshole. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way with some cigars. Don't get me wrong, I, I smoke cigars every once in a while too, but like, it just really makes this guy look like a bigger douchebag. <laughs> a truck or SUV type thing pulls up. The back door is just wide open, swinging around everywhere. Manny gets out of this truck and apologizes for being late. Lawrence kind of leaves Steven with Manny, and Manny says he'll take him to the hotel. But Steven says, no, he wants to go to the Marine Research Center first. And Manny says, like, oh, great. Like, he's not happy at all. I guess a lot of people in this town just hate this fucking research facility, and I don't blame them. We'll see why. We then see the tires burning out as Manny drives away. Like, just fucking maniac, like, for no reason. We learn that Manny is a fisherman. He's just driving taxi to, like, pay for his boat so he doesn't have to sell it. So, like, he's just kind of doing it to make ends meet. Steven says he's a scientist, and Manny is like, oh, great, another scientist. Because ever since the research center opened, it has been nothing but trouble. Uh, like, kind of like Monster Shark, anybody? Hello? <laughs> Same shit. They pull up to the research center, and Steven looks through the window, but the door is locked. He kind of wanders around the outside of the facility and rings a bell. He waits. He sees a shark swimming by the docks, and it goes, like, all slow motion as he stares in the water. I don't know why this part is supposed to be so dramatic. Like, we knew that there were sharks there. Like, we saw... It doesn't matter. I just thought it was stupid. That's all. <laughs> a man comes up behind him and is like, what the hell are you doing here? And he says that, like, I'm the one that rang the bell. And this security guy is like, oh, you're trespassing. Like, he's such an asshole. I can't wait for him to die, too. <laughs> Steven says he knows Mark DeSantis and he's there to see Miles Craven. And the guy was like, why didn't you say so? And he was like, you didn't ask. 
Like, yeah, you said he's trespassing, and instead of actively trying to find out what he's doing there, you're just like, oh, you're trespassing, I hate you, blah. Like, ah, uh, yeah, just die already. So now Steven is inside, and Craven is talking to him, asking him if he's a doctor yet, and Steven says he hasn't finished his dissertation, so I guess Steven is still... It, it makes it sound like Steven is a professor, but he's not a doctor yet at this university. Again, they don't really fully explain it, but I think that's kind of what he's getting at. Like, like yeah, Steven, you should be further along in your career. Miles shows Steven around and asks what he thinks, and Steven's very impressed by, like, everything that he's got. And then Miles says someone named Corinne is in the area. Uh, he asks, like, what is she doing there? And then Miles finally tells Stephen that Mark is dead. Stephen is upset and asks how Miles says that he found what was left of him in the remains of a black tip shark. He speculates how he died, and then Miles lights up a cigarette, again perpetuating that this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Stephen says he's never heard of anything like this, and Miles says they've been experiencing a lot of red tide, so the fish have been dying off. So the sharks have been going right up to the beach in search of food. And under these circumstances, Miles says attacks like these are inevitable. Steven says the fishermen have been blaming him, and Miles just kind of brushes it off like, nah, it's not my fault. It's totally Miles' fault. Well, partially Miles' fault. We'll get into it. <laughs> the fisherman who got kicked off his boat earlier is at a bar as Steven walks in. He's talking loudly, and we learn that a tribe in the area kills and sells the sharks to the research lab because they hunt on their tribal land, but killing sharks outside that area is illegal. It's, they're protected by law. And this guy's like, screw the law! Why should I have to starve? Ah. And that ever since the Americans showed up, it's all sharks and no fish. Again, yeah, it, he's kind of not wrong. He's kind of right. <laughs> but, like, it's assholes like this that have, like, made our ecosystems a fucking disaster. But, you know, it's, that's none of my business. <laughs> Steven goes to a table where Corinne is sitting. She's looking upset and asks if Steven was there to pay his respects, and she's like, well, you're too late, services were yesterday. Like, bitch, he didn't know what was going on yet. If you're all supposed to know each other and be friends, why didn't she call him up and be like, hey, your friend is dead? Steven sits down, and Corinne says there wasn't much to bury, and all that's left is his watch, which she's holding on to. Steven's sorry about Mark, and she's like, yeah, you should be sorry, all those damned expeditions you dragged him on around the world. Steven's like, yeah, he liked his field work, he didn't want to be... And then she interrupts him and says, oh, stuck in a lab like me, is that what you're going to say? Like, I don't know what kind of falling out these two had, but she's blaming Steven for Mark's death. And Steven was nowhere around, he wasn't even on the same fucking continent. Like, he clearly didn't drag him to Africa, he was there on his own accord. So why is she putting, like, 100% of the blame on Steven? It just doesn't make any sense. The angry fisherman comes over and says... Hey, Americans, this bar is for fishermen only. Corinne asks if she missed the sign that says so. Fisherman says they don't need one, everyone knows. And he doesn't appreciate them coming into his town either. At this point, like, let's point out, like, this fisherman is super white. He's just as white as Casper Van Dien is. And, like, they're in Africa. And this dude is like, yeah, this is my town. This is my bar. Everything's mine. Ah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just, I know they could be in, like, South Africa. I know there's white people in Africa, but, like, this guy doesn't have, like, a South African accent or anything. Like, he sounds like he's fucking British or something. So, like, I don't know. He's just an asshole. And he, the fisherman gets angry, and he flips the table, and then a fucking bar fight breaks out. 
The fisherman tries to take on Steven. It doesn't work out well. Casper Van Dien basically kicks his ass, and then they leave the bar. When they're outside, Corinne says she can take care of herself, and then asks what he's even doing down there. And then so Steven tells her that Mark contacted him for help, and she says, well, he sure as hell doesn't need your help now. Like, what is her problem? Steven didn't kill Mark. Like, whatever their problem is in the past, it doesn't matter to what's going on right this second. But she's treating Steven like he forced Mark into doing something he didn't want to. But he didn't. Like, she just, she needs to, like, smoke a joint and just, like, chill the fuck out. She walks away and Steven follows her. She apologizes and I guess finally the writer was even realized like this is stupid. Yeah, she shouldn't be this angry. <laughs> so she finally calms down. We learn here that she was Mark's sister and she then asks why Mark called Stephen for help. He says he doesn't know. The email that he sent was all screwed up so he was hoping that the email is still on Mark's computer. So they go on to Mark's boat. They can't find a computer anywhere. Uh, they can't find a computer anywhere. Corinne finds a picture of her and Mark in the Bahamas and she starts to cry. She finds Mark's diving watch, so this is where they start to suspect something. Because if he was in a diving accident, he wouldn't be wearing uh, his regular watch. He'd be wearing his diving watch. Steven asks where they found the boat. Corinne says they just found it washed up on a beach. He finds a GPS system and he tries to find where Mark has been spending his time diving. And he finds this place called uh, Cozy Lagoon. And Corinne asks, all right, well, when do we go? And then Steven says, we? Because of course we need that fucking line. So they argue. She wants to go. He doesn't want her to. They're on the dock at this point, And the angry fisherman from earlier shows up. Steven says they don't want any trouble. And the fisherman asks, then what are you doing on my dock? Again, like this guy just thinks he fucking owns everything. And as they're about to get into it, we hear a scream come from the water, and we see a kid go overboard in a boat. Steven yells shark. He jumps in the water. We get some stock footage of a shark, and Steven is yelling at the kid not to splash. The angry fisherman dives in and helps the kid get back to the dock. They all make it back to the dock safely, and Steven and the fisherman kind of make up because of their, you know, near-death experience together. And now we're at the hotel. Lawrence and Miles exit from a helicopter and meet Steven, who's waiting there. Lawrence says the whole town is talking about what a hero he is and asks where he's going. Steven says he's going to Cozy Lagoon. Coesy Lagoon. Again, pronunciations here. Miles says, ah, yes, investigating our shark problem. Like, ugh, fucking Miles. Miles knows what part of the fucking problem is. He's, Anyways, Lawrence says his wife insisted on inviting him and Corinne to dinner, so Steven agrees and uh, Miles is going to be there too. Manny and Steven bullshit about going to the lagoon. Long story short, Manny takes Steven. <laughs> Manny comments on some of Steven's equipment, and he has an electric field generator which helps repel sharks. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time since uh, Sharks of the Corn that I've seen this uh, kind of device show up, uh, show up in a shark movie. I'm, I'm surprised we just don't see it more often, is all. <laughs> they approach some totems on the water, Manny explains that they're entering uh, Kawazi land. Steven asks about the shark carvings on them, and Manny says it's just a reminder for fishermen that only the Kawazi can hunt sharks. Manny then points out a boat in front of them with someone getting ready to dive in the water. It's Corinne. Steven says he thought they had an agreement. I don't really remember her actually agreeing not to go. Like, she sarcastically says she'll stay at the beach and work on her tan. 
But, like, if Steven took that as gospel, then he's an idiot. A beautiful-looking idiot, but an idiot nonetheless. <laughs> Steven says it's too dangerous, and Corinne just says, see at the bottom, and then just dives in. Like, with how serious everyone has been making these attacks, and her seeing one firsthand, like, the day before, she shouldn't be so goddamn cavalier about diving. I mean, if you want to join, then fine, but you were just giving Steven shit in the last scene for diving alone, and yet here she goes, diving into shark-infested waters like, Wee! Like, <laughs> ugh. Anyways, Steven catches up to her underwater. He points for her to go up. She just points down. So they both start swimming down, and they find a shipwreck. On the wreck, they find a barrel, and when they go to open it, they're immediately attacked by a shark, and we can kind of hear, like, this thumping noise in the background. And again, with these attacks, it's just a lot of close-ups of the actors, then kind of mixed in with uh, stock footage. You know, this are, we've seen that thing before. It's not terrible, it's not great, but it sort of works. They manage to escape the wreck, and when surfacing, they get caught in a fishnet. Steven drops his oxygen tank and it falls into the shipwreck. Uh, he takes a knife out and he cuts their way out of the net. When they get to the service, there's tribesmen yelling. Manny says they're pissed off because, like, they shouldn't be there. And he says to Steven, like, they should go. So they do, and the tribe watches them leave. Like, yeah, you're trespassing on their land. Of course they're going to be fucking pissed. Corinne asks what the barrel was, and Steven says it's what they call a thumper. So what a thumper is basically makes a noise that sounds like a fish in distress, and it's acting like a dinner bell for sharks. Even even though these two escaped the one shark that like that was there quite easily, like it was hardly a problem. But anyways, Stephen says someone has gone to a lot of trouble to attract these sharks. So they pull up to the marine research center. Inside, Miles is preparing to dissect a shark as Stephen and Corinne enter. Miles asks how the research is going, and then Stephen talks about the encounter they just had and asks, like, what is the thumper doing at the bottom of the lagoon? Miles says Mark put it there. It was, like, his way of corralling all the sharks into one spot. So, like, their plan was to attract the sharks to the lagoon and just make it the tribe's problem? Like, that doesn't make any sense, but it, it is also very a very, like, white person thing to do. So, yeah. Corinne is like, well, it works, and Miles is like, yes, it sure does. And then Corinne explains, like, they just had a run-in with the tribe, and Miles is like, well, you were trespassing, and yeah, that is a good point. Like, ask permission. We've learned these people are protective of their sharks and whatnot, and you blatantly went into their territory without asking. But it's okay, because you're trying to help, right? Ah, fuck off. Corinne then says she doesn't think Mark's death was an accident. Miles just kind of laughs this off, and he reveals that he has an arrangement with the tribe, so he pays them for any sharks they kill and give him, and then they leave him and his staff alone. And he says the Koyasan would not have hurt them, and they wouldn't have hurt Mark. And again, he just kind of brushes them off, and so they leave. They go outside to the boat, and, like, they know Miles is hiding something. So Steven says he wants to take another look at the sharks and get a blood sample so he can figure out what's going on. So Manny's going to take them back to the lagoon, so they're going to trespass again, but they're going to be sneakier this time. So it's nighttime, they're back in the lagoon, Steven starts chumming the water. Corinne is grossed out, but, like, I, I thought she's supposed to be a scientist or, like, a marine biologist or something. Like, I know she works in a lab, but you had to have seen fish guts before. Like, this can't be... I imagine the smell is terrible, don't get me wrong, but, like, I don't know, she shouldn't be this grossed out by it. And then they wait for, like, two seconds, and a shark finally bites the line. 
Steven wants to wait for the shark to tire itself out and then bring the live shark on board. Manny is not cool with that, uh, but Steven assures him that he'll just tranquilize it. Cut to very next scene, Steve and Manny are struggling to keep this fucking shark still on the boat. Steven asks Corinne for tranquilizers. She just fucking dilly-dallies a bit and then finally gets it for Steven. Manny grabs one of those spears with the explosive tips and stabs the shark right before it grabs Steven and kills it. They cut the shark open on deck. As the guts are spilling out, Steven says the liver is deformed. They then talk about its brain being swollen. So this makes the shark think it's always hungry, even if it's not. So that's why they're being so aggressive. And it's probably what Miles is being so protective of. Steven takes a blood sample and says he'll analyze it in the morning. And then out of fucking nowhere, a tribesman appears behind them. Like, they didn't hear them paddling the boat. They didn't hear someone stepping onto the boat. Like, he just he's just fucking there. <laughs> Manny translates and says if they give them the shark, they won't call the police. Steven agrees because, like, what the fuck else are they going to do with it? They, we got all the exposition we needed from the shark. It's fine. <laughs> Cut to daytime. A man is talking to Lawrence. He's saying something about his son's medical expenses and, you know, what does Lawrence want with his dive shop? Lawrence says he just wants the money that he's owed. But he agrees to give the man more time. And then Steven uh, pulls up with Manny. He gets out of the truck and he's walking down the street. Lawrence starts to follow him. And then Stephen comments that like he's losing money if the shops close. But Lawrence says like he's losing more when they're open. I mean, running costs and whatnot. So it does kind of make sense. Lawrence asks if there's any solution to their shark problem. And, you know, Stephen says they're working on it. They part ways. Stephen gets on his brother's boat. Corinne is already down there running tests on the blood. She shows him a blood sample and the cells are moving three times more than they should or something. And the metabolic rate is through the roof. So basically everything we just heard them talk about and speculate on the boat is just confirmed. But now we have two scenes with it. <laughs> she shows him another sample and they discover some sort of hormone that shouldn't be there. So she says she'll do a test and they'll know within 24 hours. And then she wonders if Miles knows anything about this. Like, yes, he does. He must know. Like, stop giving him the benefit of the doubt. Cut to a bikini babe on a boat. She's holding a massive 90s camcorder. Like, this thing's fucking huge. And there's another person, like, just fishing off the boat. She's kind of dangling her foot in the water. Our three musketeers drive by. The girl waves at them. And then a shark pops up and grabs her foot and starts dragging her into the water. And, like, this is where we do have some use of a practical shark. There's quick shots, but, I mean, at least it's something. Steven dives into the water. The other people on the boat are trying to pull her up. He shoots the thing with one of the explosive uh, spears, and it dies. And not too far away, he sees a thumper floating just below the surface. He climbs onto the boat, and he starts helping with the girl's wounds, and then they head back to shore. So now it's later on. Corinne and Steven are in the truck. She asks if he's still thinking about that woman, and he says, well, she's going to lose her leg. And it's like, yeah, that sucks now, but, like, she could be dead. So, like, be happy you saved her life, Mr. Crumpy Pants. Jesus. Now we're at Lawrence's mansion. He's having dinner with Stephen and Corinne and Miles, and Lawrence's wife is there, too. Corinne is telling them that they dissected the shark right there on the boat, blah, 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 and all the organs were enlarged. They kind of, uh, they all kind of explain that the sharks are being overworked on the inside and it's making them go into a frenzy. She then tells them that the about the hormone that they found 
And Miles looks like super suspicious when she brings this up. And Miles says that he's found it as well, but doesn't know what it is. But it's his theory that that's what is causing the shark's abnormal behavior. Like, yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. But Stephen points out that earlier on, Miles told him he thought that it was because of the red tide. Like, the red tide destroyed the shark's food supply. So then he asks, like, if that's the case, then why are the sharks not going out to sea? Why are they being attracted to the bay? I'm guessing it has something to do with the thumpers. Lawrence raises his glass and be like, ah, yes, disagreement and conversation. How pleasant. Ugh. And then he passes out cigars to everybody. Dinner time's over. Miles, Corinne, and Stephen are leaving the house. Stephen confronts Miles and says whoever is paying him is not paying him to study algae or whatever fucking Miles says that he's doing. So he's like, oh shit, just like the old days, Stephen, you always knew me. Then he wants them to follow him to the center so he can show them something. It's nighttime, and this guy who you think is doing shit he's not supposed to is inviting you somewhere. Like, don't fucking go. Are you serious? Okay, granted, nothing happens, but I mean, just as a general fucking rule, like, just don't go. They're at the center, and Miles is showing Corinne some cells that are cancerous, and then he shows her the same sample of cells, but 30 days later, and they're cancer-free. He explains that, you know, about sharks' immune systems and how great they are. We're basically being deep blue sea right now. That's what we're doing. But we, we're not going to get, like, a badass Sam Jackson speech and then attack afterwards. Steven doesn't believe Miles, and he's mad that he did these experiments. So Miles invites them to the clinic so he can show them the results. And, like, a really big part of me wanted all the people he's cured to, like, turn into sharks. Like, that's one of the side effects. Unfortunately, that's not what happens, but yeah, I'm sure there's a movie out there I'll be doing soon that has something similar. The three of them walk into a clinic room. There's a kid on the bed and a father and doctor. Miles gives the kid a stuffed toy and the kid hugs him. He tells him that when he first saw the kid, he was like super sick. The doctor confirms and says like, yeah, he couldn't even like hold his own head up. And then Steven's like, you gave him the drug? And Miles is like, yep, sure did. <laughs> they leave the room. And Stephen tells Miles that this is, like, the most irresponsible thing he's ever seen. Miles asks, like, oh, what do you mean? And Stephen's like, um, untested experimental drugs on a child? And then Corinne's like, yeah, but the boy lived. And, like, Miles defends his actions. So, like, basically Miles went there to do his experiments without any red tape or regard for laws or, you know, human safety. <laughs> Stephen storms off. Corinne catches up to him. And she tries to defend Miles. And Steven says, you know, the only reason Miles went there was, you know, exactly what I just said, just so he could do his fucking experiments. She then points down a hallway, and we can overhear Miles and the doctor having a conversation of exposition rather loudly. The doctor says, they can't keep going on like this. These people are really sick. And then Miles says, he's changed the drug, and he tells the doctor to relax, and then they just walk away. Steven and Corinne are walking outside. Corinne asks about his and Miles' history. None of it matters at this point. Like, they're kind of competitive. Miles is an asshole that cares about, like, money and reputation. And Steven's more of, like, the science. That's what he cares about. They reach Corinne's hotel. She says Mark had great respect for him as a scientist. And as a man. She kisses him on the cheek and says goodnight. Ooh, the sexual tension. Cut to the docks. It's daytime and Steven is getting a shark cage welded together. And then we're out on the water. He's in the cage in the water with Corinne. We see a thumper nearby and they pull it into the cage. As soon as they do, a shark rams into the cage. 
because like they're opening this thumper so goddamn slow too. Like j like bring it on the deck and turn it off if you're that fucking concerned about it. But like no, it's gonna take your fucking time here underwater where the sharks are. God damn it. So Steven takes the thing out of the barrel, turns it off, and then the shark goes away. They surface and tell Manny uh, to take them to the next thumper. And now we see two sharks approaching the cage. Again, it's mostly stock footage. Um, but again, it looks decent because we're seeing real sharks. The sharks are attacking the cage and Steven is trying to use his like oxygen tank to help fill the pontoons or whatever with air so the uh, tank can stay above water or you know close to the surface. On shore, we see the two shady cop motherfuckers watching the three musketeers and just like shaking their heads. Back on the boat, Manny is waking up from being knocked out. Steven asks like what happened and Manny is like I he has no idea. He doesn't remember. And we didn't see anything. We know it's the cops, but like we didn't even see it happen, which was kind of weird. They return to the docks and start doing some more blood tests. Corinne asks Steven what's wrong and he says he doesn't understand why Miles put Thumper so close to the beach. Corinne asks if he thinks Miles really did it. And like, okay, we're going to find out that Miles didn't do this part, but like why are we still questioning Miles' like morality or actions? Like we know he's not a good guy and he's doing some shady shit. So why are we still questioning this? Like the movie hasn't even shown him doing anything super shady yet, but like I know he's doing shady shit. <laughs> like come on. Steven says he plans to find out and Manny says after we talk to the police. Like, who are the ones that killed Mark? So, like, this is a terrible fucking idea. Corinne looks at the sample below deck and says it's a synthetic growth hormone. She asks how he thinks the sharks are getting the hormone. Steven says, well, Miles must be doing it. He needs the metabolism running high to produce his drug or something. Yeah, okay, cool, but it still doesn't answer how. Like, is he injecting them individually? Is he pouring it into the water? Like, how? We already know Miles is doing it. But because they keep acting stupid about it, like, it's actually making me question if Miles is actually doing it or not, even though I'm positive he is. Corinne asks, like, if it's messing up the sharks this much, then, like, what effect is it going to have on, like, that little boy? And it's like, yeah, exactly, Corinne. This is what Steven was getting at earlier when you were trying to defend Miles. Steven says he's going to go and check the boy's chart. They walk to Corinne's hotel, I assume. Uh, she says she'll be a minute, she needs to clean up, and she's still wearing, like, a bikini and, like, a white, uh, like, beach wrap kind of jacket thing, you know? And she's in the bathroom running her bath. We see the door handle wiggle, and she wipes the condensation off the mirror. One of the cops is right behind her, knocks her out. We go to Steven's room. One of the other cops is there, punches him out, then he starts laughing. And then we cut to the police boat crossing into the Khoyasan territory. The two cops throw Stephen and Corinne into the water. Uh, but right before they do, Stephen tells Corinne to die for the wreck and don't stop. Because remember the oxygen tank from earlier that fell into the wreck? I bet they're gonna go for it. The cops shine their light into the water, I guess, like, hoping to see the sharks attack them. But, like, Stephen was, like, just yelling that they were headed straight down to the shipwreck. Like, he literally told them his fucking plan. Like, they didn't think they, like, had something lined up if they're trying to do this. Like, ugh, fucking useless. Useless police officers. The police just drive away, and then Stephen and Corinne manage to make it to shore without incident. Like, no sharks or anything. It's just like, yeah, we're on shore now. I mean, they yeah, they found the oxygen tank, they used it, blah, 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 but, like, that was it. That's all that happened. They stand on the beach, 
shivering, staring, holding each other. And then Corinne is like, now what? Steven says, follow the river back to town and talk to the police. Like, they had, like, this weird sexual tension moment, and then they're just like, let's go back to town. Do-do-do-do-do. Oh, but, and they're going to talk to the police. Like, the police that just threw you in shark-infested waters? Like, yeah, let me know how that goes. Like, this is a worse plan than trying to fucking blackmail Bruce Wayne. Corinne and Steven walk into town. They pass a woman, and as she sees them, she immediately calls Lawrence, and it's like, oh, is Lawrence in on it? It's like, yeah, fucking course he is. Steven and Corinne are in a room. I'm assuming they're in a hotel room or something. They call the police, and Steven says that they'll be right there. Corinne asks why they want to see her slides, and Steven just says they stole the thumpers too. So, like, I guess stuff went missing, but, like, we didn't get that scene. They're just, like, giving us some exposition instead of a scene we never saw, I guess. I don't know. This It was very confusing. It's like we're missing something here. There's a knock on the door. It's Lawrence. He asks if they're all right. And, you know, he's acting all surprised, even though clearly he fucking knows something. And he asks if they know who it was. Corinne speculates that it was the fisherman that did it. Lawrence says they should call the police and then invites them to stay in his office while they wait and have some coffee. Like, my God, do I need to slap these two silly before they fucking get what's going on? A police car shows up outside. Steven and Corinne look through the window and it's like, oh shit, it's the white cop that threw us into the fucking river earlier. Shocking. They run out of the room right past Lawrence and he asks where they're going. They exit the building and are attacked by the other cop like as soon as they get outside. They kick his ass and Manny drives by just at that moment and give them a ride. What perfect fucking timing, Manny. The police start chasing them. We see a roadblock and they disperse as someone on the radio tells them where the Americans are going. Corinne says they still need to get in contact with the provincial authorities. Stephen points out, like, well, it's our word against theirs, so they need to gather some evidence. And all the while, there's cop cars chasing them and shooting at them. One of the cop cars rolls down a hill, and in true action movie fashion, the car explodes for no fucking reason. <laughs> but I, it's like we're watching a Michael Bay movie at this point, because there's just, like, guns firing, explosions, and it's, like, really not necessary for the rest of this movie, but... It's, it's some entertainment, so it's fine. Manny dodges a big truck. The cop car behind him rams into it. They both explode. And then Manny goes, Opa! <laughs> I fucking love Manny. He's great. Steven and Corinne sneak into the clinic to steal medical charts for evidence. Steven sneaks into a patient's room and he hits, like, the buzzer thing to get the nurse away from the nursing station. They find a medical chart, they start reading it off, and then, like, we see the person in bed is, like, wide awake. They look fucking terrible. He reads the chart and says that the patient was doing better and then two weeks later crashed. They open more curtains and look at more patients who are all sick. And then they find the father and son from earlier... The father asks if there's anything that they can do to help, but Stephen says no, there's nothing anyone can do. As they sneak out, Corinne asks why Miles would do this, and then Stephen says, well, Miles doesn't care if he kills um, a few dozen people if it means he cures cancer. Because if he does, they'll give him the Nobel Prize. And it's like, yeah, I already figured this out like fucking 30 minutes ago, but yeah, let's keep the unnecessary exposition coming. And now we're on the boat. The three musketeers get off, and they're at the dock at the research center, chumming for sharks. Steven says they'll be back in ten minutes and to keep the boat running. Manny asks if he's sure they got the only shark, and Steven says, I hope so. 
Like, really? You hope so? So we're just going on a hope and a prayer here, eh? <sighs> Great. So, like, they just, they trapped one shark or something behind a gate. I don't know. It wasn't super clear. But Corinne and Steven dive into the water, and, like, immediately there's another shark, and then it just ignores them, and they swim on. They surface, and they're inside the lab. They start searching for records and whatnot to find evidence. Steven is scrolling through hospital files on the computer, and every patient who's had the drug has died, and Miles knows the cure is not working. A security guard spots them, backs away and makes a phone call. Steven copies the computer files onto a disk, and then the guard busts into the room. Miles is there too. He asks where Corinne is, and Steven lies and says like he wanted to keep her out of it. Steven confronts Miles. Miles says, you know, his drug buys people a couple more weeks of life, and then once he's perfected it, it will buy them a lifetime. Steven says, oh yeah, and then you'll make millions of dollars. And then Miles says, that isn't the point. But then Miles doesn't really tell us what the point is, so you're not really helping your case here. <laughs> Steven says, like, to Miles, oh, you call yourself a scientist, a doctor, but you're a psychopath. And he then accuses him of Mark's death. He denies it, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then Corinne is hiding behind some shelves listening to this. Miles, you know, again says, I had nothing to do with Mark's death. And he asks Stephen for the disc. Stephen pulls the disc out of his uh, wetsuit and then just throws it into the water. Miles says, well, that was pointless. And then Corinne smashes a window. She runs towards the water. Stephen knocks over the security guard. He dives into the water. Corinne grabs the disc. The security guard starts closing the gate and Corinne is trapped in the lab area while Steven escapes to the dock, and she gives him the disc before he goes. As he's running on the docks, he yells at Manny to get the boat going. He asks where Corinne is. Steven says, like, they have her, and Manny's like, well, why don't we go back for her? And Steven says, they have a gun. And Manny says, oh no, what are we gonna do? Steven replies with, get the hell out of here. Chivalry is officially fucking dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They drive off as the security shoots at them. The guard calls out on the radio to let um, some other boats know where they're heading. And then a boat chase ensues, with two boats shooting and chasing Steven and Manny. These cops have aim like a fucking stormtrooper. Like, there's times when they're like 10 feet away from them, and they're hitting all around them. Like, they couldn't, they can't even fucking graze these two. It's fucking ridiculous. Steven takes a flare. He throws it into a jug of gasoline and tosses it overboard. The police boat drives over top of it just as it explodes. Like, pretty well-timed, improvised, impossible bomb there, Stephen. The boat drives through the explosion, crashes onto land. Stephen gets Manny to slow down the boat. As it does, he hops onto the police boat, knocks the cops off. Manny yells, ROCKS! Stephen jumps off the boat. The boat crashes into the rocks and for unknown reasons, explodes. It's like they consulted the Michael Bay handbook of boat chases, car chases. It's just like, what do you need? Explosions, more explosions. But it doesn't make any sense. Fuck it, I don't care. Blow it up. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, but again, it's, it's entertaining. Who doesn't like a good fucking explosion, right? And they're real explosions. They're not like CGI or anything, so... I, this is, a, I guess, where they spent most of their fucking budget, besides trying to get uh, Casper Van Dien on board. So, Steven swims back to the boat with Manny. Miles takes a call at the center. It's Steven. 
he suggests to Steven they make a trade, the disc for the girl, but we only see and hear Miles' side of this conversation. And then we cut to the beach. Steven's hanging up his phone. He tells Manny he's going to make the trade and he's going to do it alone. But Manny says, no, we're in this together now. One of my favorite Nine Inch Nails songs. <laughs> um, but also, like, couldn't Steven copy this disc somehow? Like, I know it's 1999, but, like, still, right? There, you, there's a way you could do this. But, uh, I don't know, I guess he's an idiot. Again, he's still an idiot. He was an idiot earlier, and he, he's an idiot now. But Manny says, like, he has a plan. So Manny and Steven drive away from the beach. They're almost caught by a passing police car. They see a helicopter flying overhead, and they say Lawrence must be involved with Miles. Again, we pretty well already fucking knew this. So Steven and Manny break into Lawrence's office, his assistant tries to stop them, and this is the same woman who called Lawrence when Corinne and Steven escaped the lagoon earlier. They rummage through his desk and files and find a locked cabinet. They pick it up, toss it on the ground. The assistant says she's going to call Lawrence. Steven says, like, go keep her company, and he starts going through the files. We see something about, like, a beach development from, like, an oil company. So these two go to the bar. They run into the angry asshole fisherman from earlier, and he asks what they want. Manny says he wants to be fishing again, and he wants their children to grow up healthy and swim in the water. Basically just trying to say, like, hey, listen, we're here to fucking help. So another guy comes and interrupts the angry fisherman and tells him to let Stephen talk. Stephen tells them the problem is oil. So the papers he found, I guess, were for an oil drilling operation. Stephen goes to the research center and he's escorted by a security guard. They go into the lab. Corinne is there. Lawrence, Miles, and a few security guards are there as well. Stephen tells Corinne about, like, Lawrence selling all the properties for this oil operation. He then asks Miles, like, how he could be a part of this. And then Miles says he has no idea what's going on and that Lawrence just barged in there with his goons. And then Steven punches Miles in his dumb face, and I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> so we learned that Lawrence's guys stole his thumpers, and Lawrence was only helping Miles to, like, appease his wife. I wonder how she's going to feel at the end of all this. Like, Jesus. So essentially, Lawrence used the thumpers to kill the tourist industry, so that, like, all the places would be abandoned, and then he could buy up, like, the whole town, and then he can, like, kind of sell the port to the oil companies. So Lawrence exclaims that he now owns the whole town, and then Stephen's like, are you sure about that? We cut to a convoy of fishermen. The lead angry fisherman from earlier gets a signal of some sort, I assume Stephen sent to him, that kind of just tells them that he's ready or where they are. Lawrence says to kill everyone and burn the place down. Cut to outside, Manny approaches in a boat filled with drums of fuel. He jumps off the boat, it hits the center, it explodes a hole in the wall of the lab. The fishermen outside just start shooting the guards that are all around this place. A shootout ensues in the lab. Stephen brawls with some officers, and like some fishermen have entered the lab and they're shooting. Some of them are taken out, so are some guards. Corinne fights one of the cops uh, from earlier, the one that knocked her out in the hotel room. Um, Manny's shot by one of the guards. He's okay. Manny is good. He's alive. He doesn't die. Everyone calm down. <laughs> and all the while, Lawrence is hiding. And he eventually, like, grabs a hook, I guess. Or, like, a spear or something to protect himself. Miles is just plain hiding under his desk. Like, he just not even trying. He's just like, nope. Under the desk I go. Corinne points a gun at the cop. 
The cop says, I enjoyed feeding your brother to the shark, and then tries to slash her with a machete, and she just shoots him a bunch of times, and he falls through a window. And, like, he wasn't close enough where, like, there's no way he could have thought that he was going to get away with killing her with a machete. Like, she had a fucking gun on him. Like, there was just no way. Miles knocks out a security guard to help Steven out, and he's all proud of himself, and then he's immediately speared by Lawrence. Lawrence fucks off, Miles dies... Steven kind of feels bad about it, I guess. I don't. Miles is still a dick. Like, just because you helped him knock out one guy, like, fuck off, Miles. <laughs> so, Steven runs outside. The whole fucking lab is on fire. Lawrence is escaping in a helicopter. Steven jumps onto the helicopter. He starts fighting Lawrence, and then, like, Lawrence is, like, fighting with the pilot, and it's just fucking messy up there. Steven throws Lawrence into the water. He dives in after him. The helicopter loses control for some reason, flies into some rocks, and yep, it explodes because we needed one last big explosion in this movie. Lawrence and Steven try to climb a buoy to avoid some approaching sharks, and like Lawrence just keeps trying to throw Steven off as he climbs on. Steven climbs on and like manages to push Lawrence off, he tries to help him back up once some sharks start to approach. And this is mixed uh, mixed with some practical shark effects that they had. And of course some stock footage. But I think we got to see more of the practical shark in this shot than any other shots. So I kind of appreciated that. Lawrence is attacked by a shark and he's dead now. And, like, while he was dying, like, there was, like, sad music playing. I'm like, are we supposed to be upset about this asshole dying? Like, I don't know. It was just a very weird choice. Maybe it was just stock music that they found. and was like, yeah, just fucking throw that in. It'll be fine. So then, cut to later. Steven, Corinne, and Manny drive to the docks. Uh, Steven's the one driving. And he almost runs, like, three people over in, like, the two seconds we see him driving. It's insane. We learn Manny is back to being a fisherman. The angry fisherman is on a boat at the docks and says, you Americans come down here and make everything a mess and leave. And he's kind of saying it jokingly because they've all kind of bonded now. But then Stephen reassures him that he's going to bring a whole team of people down there to help them with the sharks. Corinne and Stephen get on the boat after they say their goodbyes to Manny. Stephen asks where Corinne is going. She says she's going to do some field work. She hears they need a team in Africa because Steven just explained he's getting a team to go to Africa. Oh yay, she's helping. They finally kiss after all that built up sexual tension from like one or two scenes in this movie. And they drive off of the boat and we roll credits. So some of the pros of this movie, some of the stock footage was cool and they tried to match it at certain points, like whether they shot footage for the movie to match stock footage or they got stock footage to match their movie. Either way, I appreciate that they put some effort into it. I did want to see more of the practical shark and like a little less of the stock footage. Like I don't have a problem with them using stock footage. I know it saves money and sometimes it's just more practical than having a physical shark, but like they did have a physical prop shark to use. So, but they just used it sparingly. I really just would have liked to have seen more of it is all. But overall, it's a fine background movie. It's not Jaws. It's not House Shark. It's just kind of somewhere in between all that mess. Again, with like Shark Zone and Red Water. So, I mean, 
I wouldn't recommend it, but I also wouldn't recommend it because, again, like it's not the worst thing I've seen, but it's you know pretty mild in comparison to some of the other things. And that was Shark Attack from 1999. As always, you can find me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher at Bucket of Chum Podcast. Feel free to send me an email, bucketofchumpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you don't like about the show. And if you have any recommendations, send them through there. And you can feel free to talk to me on social media. Send me a message. And don't forget to check out bucketofchumpodcast.com. And I will see you guys next week for a brand new episode of Bucket of Chum. Thanks for listening to Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast.